0: Today, the majority of American children spend five to eight hours a day in front of a screen and less than one hour outside or reading a book or spending time with family. This means the average child's sleep quality, attention span, and stress level could be negatively affected by the tight grip of modern technology. And since COVID, the challenge has been even greater. Arlene Pelican is a speaker, host of the Happy Home podcast and author of several books, including Parents Rising, 31 Days to a Happy Husband and Screen Kids. Arlene has been featured on the Today Show, Fox and Friends, The Wall Street Journal and Focus on the Family. Arlene lives in San Diego with her husband, James, and their three children. Welcome to the Gems of Motherhood, Arlene. It's so great to have you on the show. I know. As you were saying those things, I said, and the Gems of Motherhood. <laughs> I say, I've been here with you, Yay! Thank you for having me. Yes, absolutely, Arlene. Now, I mentioned this offline, but Arlene writes for Provost Reward Ministries, and her devotional has been very encouraging to me. And so mm. I was like, you know what? I'm going to reach out to her and have her come on the show, because I know she's got tons of Gem Nuggets to share. I'm so glad. Yes. And today I'm excited to talk about this topic, about screen time and how it's such a struggle in certain family. And I want to know from your point of view, like, What do you think about what's happening to our children and the amount of screen time that certain children are getting? Mm
1: -hmm. I think it's very sad that normal isn't working. So, you know, Mm -hmm. it used to be you would look around and it's normal. They're playing in the playground. They're riding their bicycles. Maybe they watch TV for an hour. You know, it's kind of like and it's not so much that it was this idyllic world. It was more that there were more important things to do because childhood, just think of that childhood. That's like adventure and castles and forts and running and tag and painting and all exploration. And today, so many kids, their exploration just starts and ends at the couch. It's just like Mm -hmm. I sit down on the couch and I hold this iPad or I watch TV. And that I think is what is so sad is that one, kids are being robbed from a fun childhood, Mm -hmm. right? They're gonna have their whole life to be on Zoom meetings and (laughs) to check their social media (laughs) and to check the news. You know, they're gonna have their whole life to do that. So they're being robbed an actual child And then secondly, you know, when your kids are born this, you know, think of the gems from birth till I say age 10, that kids, they want to be with their moms. They want to spend time with you. They want to be right at your side. Mm. They want to know what you think about things. They want a relationship with you. That is like this treasured time of bonding that will bond you for the rest of your lives. But if mom is on a phone, if a child is on a device, that time is being robbed, it's being lost. And then many times we, as moms during the teenage years, we try to get close, but it's like, if there wasn't that bond in the early years, which it's so easy to, to create that, but with technology, what it's and I love to ask the question, you know, cause this is not going to be a, you have to throw out your phone kind of podcast is, you know, we're not going to be, we, we get it that you're, you, Using technology to listen to this podcast. So we get it. There are good uses of technology. But what you want to always ask yourself as a mom is, is this technology bringing me closer to my children? Or is it tearing us apart? And you know, that tearing isn't just like a one ramp one day and it's like over, but it's just a very gentle, slow coming away from each other where the child is preferring the tablet. And mom, if we're honest, we prefer just looking at our phone instead of dealing with the tantrum or whatever it is mm-hmm. we're trying to teach in that moment. And so is technology bringing your family together? Because yes, you could be watching a movie together. Yes, you could be, you know, what, doing a Bible study or learning a second <laughs> language. All those things can happen but that's not usually what mom and child are doing
0: mm. now I, I love that you know all the different definition can you define a little more what you mean by screen time yeah yeah, so screen
1: time is any time that that screen is on. It could be a TV, it could be a tablet, it could be the phone. But what you really want to think is all content is not the same. It's not. And so, for instance, even a television on the wall is different than a tablet that they walk around with. Why? Right. Because when they're on the wall, it's kind of geographic. They when they walk out of the room, you know, it doesn't follow them. So it's it's yeah. easier to contain. It's like, okay, buddy, you've got a half an hour. We're gonna and, and even like an old fashioned DVD player or something. That's even better. Because because guess what? Then it just starts and stops. Instead of something like YouTube or you know any kind of streaming service, that's going to be perpetual, right? right and you're right. going to have to fight that. So And that's designed that way. So that in and of itself is, shows you something's not equal. If you watch the same show on a DVD, it will end. And then your kid can pop up and go do something else. But if you watch the exact same show on YouTube... What's going to happen after the show? They're going to be tempted because something's going to start playing and they're going to be like, oh, I totally want to watch that. And then you're going to say, oh, your time is over. And they're going to be like, no, I really want to watch it. So <laughs> even though it's the same content, look at the delivery. So, so really the type of screen, you want to stay away from personal devices. You want to stay away from devices that your child can carry with them because that's right. when the battles begin because now there's this concept. But I want to do this next thing, this next thing. And obviously what I've just said, a lot of you are like, what what, what? <laughs> i can't hand my child a device and what I'm saying to you is that it is not equal like it is yeah. addictive it it is wired that way right and so you know social media is obviously different than someone watching a ted talk and someone wat- watching something to learn how to create something maybe your child is learning how to play an instrument or an older child is learning how to to change the oil in the car mm-hmm. you know those are very different uses school online school mm-hmm. those are very different online uses I call those digital vegetables than the digital candy that's all for fun Mm -hmm. and you know a little candy that's more consuming it's not creating it's consuming and a little candy during the day is okay but just like your real body can't be built on candy Mm -hmm. your child can't be built on six hours a day of digital candy they're going to get really really sick but if you attach a big bag of m&ms to your child's hip and just tell them like oh you only can eat 10 (laughs) like that's not going to work. Right. So we have to, as moms, like create that environment that our child actually has a chance of succeeding.
0: Now, let's talk about digital vegetable that you mentioned about. I mean, obviously, since COVID, a lot Mm. of schools has gone into digital school. What do you think about that? Because that can be also very, very challenging and difficult for certain kids, um, especially being on screen for such a long Mm -hmm. time. And I'm sure there are tons of different effects that children are going to face eventually. And so I wanted to hear your thoughts a little bit more on that.
1: Yeah, it's definitely not even second best, third best, fourth best, you know, like being in person, that's going to be best, right? Having a teacher who knows your name, who knows what you look like, who talks to you, who responds to you, that's going to be the best. So I think online school has really been detrimental to a lot of kids because it's not conducive to learning. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously in the absence of it, if it's really a necessity, then, then it's, it's a, it's a tool and, Mm -hmm. and it can, it's better than nothing. But imagine if you're a child and you've already spent six hours looking at a screen, but now you're off school. So now you want to go play your video game. So now you're going to play another, you know, so it's just too much time. So just Mm -hmm. think that being sedentary, one out of five children are going to grow up and struggle with obesity. That's a high number. And so much of it comes from just being sedentary. So just physically your child not moving. And then obviously your brain and the things that your brain is learning. And let's be honest, like there are some kids who can do the online school and stay on task, you know, but most children are doing the online school and they've got another tab open that's, you know, videos and got another tab open that they're chatting with their friends and they have another tab. So it's kind of like this isn't working because they are spending a lot of times, even though it looks like a vegetable, there's a lot of candy
0: in there too. Right. And it's very hard
1: for the work parent or this full on stay at home parent to monitor that all the time. So I think it is a it's an unfortunate proposition.
0: Yeah. Now, what are some differences that you've seen in children who do not have screen time yeah. versus those who have screen time?
1: Yeah. And, you know, I can ask this to any one of your listeners. So if you have <laughs> a child that comes to your house and they look at you and they leave and they say, thank you for having me. They're like, oh, you, you're you very unusual. So honestly, <laughs> just having common courtesies that will distinguish a child, uh, being able to pay attention. So just being able, whether it's sitting in a classroom, I think the classroom is a really good example. So teachers of, you know, 20 years ago, they, I mean, it was not a big deal. You just sit in rows. I remember someone telling me, I forgot where they were. They were on a missions trip to like Cambodia or something 10 years ago. And there were 2000 children in the auditorium and they just walked in lined up, sat down, and we're eager to listen. And that was it. And she just thought this would never happen in the United States of America. 2000 kids walking in quietly with very little supervision and just sitting down. So you can see the difference between children who are raised on screens and children who are raised without screens. So a huge uh, difference is attention that these kids can pay attention. These kids don't need things to blow up and change every three seconds to hold their attention. They can sit there and listen to someone talking and be Curious and eye, you know, eye contact is there, being able to know appropriate social cues, you know, yeah. because when you're online all the time, you're not used to faces, you're not used to voice tone, you're not used to all those things. So the little thing that tells you, oh, we should probably leave now, you know, because you can tell it in the body language and the people talking, you know, kids who are on screens all the time, they have no social skills. They don't, it doesn't, register to them and so comments courtesy social skills now of course that's the society at large but put that in a family you're in a family and you don't know how to relate to your sister to your brother you don't know how to relate to your mother to your father Mm -hmm. and that's where you're going to see a lot of problems because kids who are raised constantly with screens they're just not spending the face-to-face time with Mm -hmm. their parents they don't know how to honor their parents they don't know how to talk with their parents they don't know how to laugh and have fun Mm -hmm. with their parents. And and that's going to be a huge, a huge thing. So, you know, obviously in school, the teachers know when they right. look at the classroom, they know exactly, you know, OK, this kid who can't pay attention, this kid who keeps getting out of their chair, this kid who's fidgeting, this kid who keeps texting and getting in trouble. Obviously, they're on screens a lot where this other kid who's not getting in trouble at all and is reading and putting in their homework and all that. They're like, OK, this kid doesn't have as much screen time as the other kid.
0: Right. How young is too young or how old is too old to get screen time. I mean, obviously there are working parents out there who sometimes, you know, Hey, I just need like 30 minutes to prepare a meal and I I have no other choice, but I need to put my two-year-old on Mm -hmm. in front of Sesame street. Yeah. (laughs) You know,
1: and, and I want to kind of push on this. The main thought here is you want to delay the device delay, whatever it is you're thinking about doing as long as possible, Mm -hmm. because there's not one person on the planet. That's like, Oh my goodness. I gave a phone to my child at 13 and it was so amazing. Like the experience was so amazing. And they were like, they loved it. They were so happy all the time. And I wish I would have given it to them at 10. You know, there's like no one On the planet who says, everyone says, I wish I would have waited before I gave them that video game or I wish I would have just held off on the phone a little bit longer or said no to social media a bit longer. So have that long view in mind that if you will do what seems hard in the moment, which means I'm sorry, child of mine in elementary school, you're not going to get a phone or a smartwatch like everybody else. You're going to have a dumb watch. And, and if you need to like, talk to them, I'll get you a phone that only texts and you can text me and we can arrange your pickup with your dad, you know, et cetera, things like that. I understand that. But if you push that off, that's what you want to do. And the more you can do, you know, be the person that's like, oh, we're just going to keep that old ancient DVD player and we're just going to watch, you know, then you know exactly what's being watched and you right. know when the time begins and ends. And so those are the kinds of things, especially with your kids, you know, birth through age five, the longer you push all that away, mm-hmm. the more their brain is going to have a chance to develop and to be able to pay attention and not to be marred and and kind of, you know, putting in all those bad habits. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. That's what we're trying to avoid avoid that bad habit that it's, oh, I have free time. So now that I have free time, I'm going to instantly pick up my iPad and start gaming. Well, guess what? If a child is gaming all the time and then you put a book in front of them, they're going to be like, well, this is really boring. I don't want to do this anymore. But in the absence of gaming, if you just keep giving books to your kids. Birth through five, let's say, they can do it, you know, so they can do it. So I still, my kids now are in high school. I have a senior and a sophomore and a seventh grader. And I promise I did this, you know, so I'm not just telling you to do it. And then in the background, all my kids are like gaming for five hours, you know. So, <laughs> so they read books and they had blocks and they had DVDs and, you know, all that growing up. And they still to this day do not have a personal cell phone. They do not have social media. They're not. They don't play video games in the home. We have lots of technology though. So we have lots of, you know, computers for their school. My son likes to do 3D printing. So he does 3D printing in the garage. He plays the piano and he's got a YouTube channel. He puts his piano stuff out there. So we have a lot of stuff. So we're not anti tech, Mm -hmm. but we are anti social media. Mm -hmm. We are anti video game and anti like personal device. So what you'll find is if you will be weird in this way, because I will admit that's going to be really weird. But if you are strange in this way, you will do the hard first and your life will be so easy. You'll be like, these kids are so pleasant to be around. We, I'm not wondering like what's happening at three o'clock in the morning in my son's bedroom, all these things. If you will do some hard first, right? you will set up your kids to succeed and you're going to love it. You're just going to love it.
0: It's so funny when you talk about if you're going to be weird that way. So my yeah. daughter doesn't really get a lot of screen time there. Are maybe like once a week, she'll get like 30 yeah. minutes in front right. of a, a show. And now she's going to school. And I've always wondered, like, is she going to come back asking what is Frozen? Or, right. Um, what, right. <laughs> and like, she'll what be is this only, Disney channel they speak of? <laughs> she'll be the only girl who don't know anything about it. And I'm like, yeah. how am I going hmm, <laughs> to yeah. navigate this? With her, you know. Yeah,
1: and I will tell you, if you you're creating a fun home, I mean, you're such a fun mom, so it's not like we have these homes that are like we don't do this, we don't. Right. Like you have a fun home, and so our kids can come back to home and be like, "What is this?" And then you could be like, "Oh, let's look it up and let's take a look." So you know, you're you're with them on this journey. But what's going to happen is, I remember my and and this is to your point when Ethan went back to school uh, sixth grade, mm-hmm. he was telling me the story that kids were like, "What? You didn't play video games in the summer?" Like, this are talking about it and then yeah. it comes out like he doesn't play video games and they're like what like how did you survive that's crazy that's awful like how did you even survive not doing that and I of course want to know like what did you say? And so I said mom I said to them wait a minute you don't know how to play the piano you don't know how to do taekwondo. <laughs> no. You don't know who Winston Churchill is. And so he was like really in a World War II at that time. And so what will happen with your kids and what you really need to nurture and champion is, you know, honey, you might not be up on the latest thing that everybody's watching, but look at what you do know, look at what you do enjoy. And why don't you talk about those things and find people who are interested in those things? And, you know, my son will say there are some because I'll ask him, like, do you feel left out? Because that's the heart of the mom is like, right. oh, we don't want our child to feel left out. Right. And he'll say, you know, mom, the people who require you to play play video games or require you to watch a certain show, require, you know, to be their friend. Like they wouldn't even consider being your friend if you don't know about this kind of stuff. Those are the kinds of friends you don't really want. Mm -hmm. Is what he said. And he said, the people who you want to be your friends, you know, they might watch those shows, play those video games, do those things, but they really don't care that you don't. Yeah, they have different things that you have other common interests. There's other things you can talk about. And so I think as moms, we really have to think, what kind of friend do we want our child to have? And do we really want our child to have a friend only based on the shows they watch? Like, no, you want to have a friend that, you know, we're still in touch with our friends from elementary school. You know, we want a friend that, that you're going to keep for life. And those, and I understand there might just be one or two of those, but that's going to be built not on technology. That's going to, be built on something else
0: and it is hard you know it is hard trying to keep your child busy while having them stay away from screen i remember when um you know a couple of months ago i had to bring my daughter to a birthday party and they had a paw patrol theme and so they are good friends and so that's like What's your favorite Paw Patrol character? Right. And I just looked up like she has never watched Paw Patrol right. in her entire life. Right. She could just point, "Well that thing looks pretty cute." <laughs> oh. Oh man, oh, I was like, "Oh go, man, I partly I'm thinking, I hope I'm not going to be raising up a, a weird kid here." But to what you yes. said, and I love your your son's answer. He, what do mm-hmm. you mean you don't know taekwondo? You mean you don't know mm-hmm. piano?" And she has other activities where she's yes. very involved and she has a very determined mindset. Yeah. So at three and a half, she is able to swim now, yes. you know, at least five feet, but she awesome. really thinks she can swim without yeah. her parents there. Right. And so <laughs> I'm just like, okay, you have- A very strong determination, but you still have to let mommy know that you are going to swim rather than just going yourself (laughs) because, (laughs) you know what I mean? And so I I love that what you said and just trying to encourage them and force, you know, what they're good at and just building up their confidence and what they're good at and who God created them to be, right? Mm -hmm.
1: Yes. And really your kids then, you know, my my daughter, when she was in ninth grade, actually she was in eighth grade Mm -hmm. and she didn't have a phone, you know, and it's a very strange thing. You go to a public middle school we're in San Diego, we're in a big place. You don't have a phone. So truly you're one of the few that don't have this. But this friend said to her, you're so lucky. And Noel was like, what? She's like, you're so lucky. You're not addicted. Like your mind is clear. You're really lucky that you don't have this. And she felt like, wow, uh, that was unusual for like somebody in my class to like acknowledge. And she actually thought that friend was wise to recognize that, you know what, maybe you're the one that's the lucky one. Mm -hmm. And I think as parents with that same stubbornness of your daughter, we've got to have that stubbornness to say, you know what, this normal is not working. One in a five girls uh, being depressed and anxiety one out of five girls be sexually uh, solicited online. And that Mm -hmm, will be mm -hmm. primarily through social media. 10 to 20% of boys are going to grow up addicted to video games, so much so that they're going to quit college. They're not going to be able to have real relationships, hold down a job. I mean, these are serious things. And so for us to say, you know what, we're going to be stubborn and do things a little bit differently. And uh, I can tell you just a little bit further down the road, if you continue on this path with your daughter, you're going to end up like my kids are. And they're going to be like, we're grateful that we did it this way.
0: Right. Now tell me a little bit about your book Screen Kids. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So Screen Kids is authored with Dr. Gary Chapman of The Five Love Languages. And what we've done, it's overwhelming, right? Like, you know, screens are gonna be part of your life, but you want to know about it. And so it's really trying to think more critically instead of just like accepting, oh, everybody's got this device. Everyone's on this particular app. My kids are going to grow up playing video games. Like we're just going to do this. Mm -hmm. This book is to help you understand, okay, before you make those decisions, or if you're in the midst of those decisions, here's what's happening in the brain. Here's what's happening emotionally to your children. Here are the deficits that we're seeing in kids today. And then you know what? Here are the five A plus skills that every child needs, especially in this tech driven world. And we flush out those skills, their anger management, apology, Mm -hmm. attention, affection, and appreciation. And, you know, we talk about the A pluses in school, but if you you have these A plus skills and your kids are going to be even much more successful in their relationships. And then we give research so that there's a lot of research in the book so that you don't have to go out and like, get it all yourself. Mm -hmm. And then there's top 10 questions that are asked. Uh, There's restart. How do you restart your home? So all of that in screen kids.
0: Mm, I love that. Um, And since you were talking about research, can you tell me a little bit about based on your research, what are some negative Mm -hmm. effects that you've seen kids face?
1: Yes. Yeah. So the brain, we've talked about that before. I think that is the epicenter of what's happening. So for instance, there's a prefrontal cortex in the brain. That's the executive decision-making center. This is the center that helps, you know, you know, I've been video gaming for five hours. I should probably go down and do some homework or go to the bathroom, you know? so. (laughs) And this part is still developing in kids. It used to be till 25. And now they're Mm -hmm. saying, since kids are so delayed that even up till age 30, and basically like when your is playing a video game and we joke like, oh, they're so zoned out, like they're in another world, you know, whatever it is we're joking about. What's happening in their body is they think like fight or flight, like we got to get out of here, like run, jump, shoot, go. So their body is thinking fight or flight. And so all the blood goes to protect the major organs. Let's keep this kid's heart pumping. Let's keep this kid breathing. And there's no blood flow to this prefrontal cortex. And what ends up happening is over time, like if that happens once, twice, I mean, it's not a big deal. But if this is happening Every day on a regular basis for a sustained period of time, that prefrontal cortex, that executive decision making center of your child's brain is malnourished, Mm -hmm. is simply malnourished. It's not getting enough blood. And so you wonder why does this 22 year old, why are they not able to fill out this form or like, you know, figure out their insurance or like get their groceries onto, you know, it's like, why? It's because that executive decision making center was was starving for their whole child life. And so there are pathways being made in your child's brain. You know, think of it as a cathedral that when they make eye contact, they're learning, oh, this is how you relate to people. When they drive a car, this is how you drive a car. When they read a book, this is all these pathways. But if kids are only mostly online, then all these pathways, they just go online and that's all the kids know. So that's all the kids do. Mm -hmm. So super limiting. And so these things are very important. And and I think if we can understand how detrimental it is for a child to have dopamine all the time, that's that pleasure hormone. And then when they've got pleasure all the time, when they have to do something unpleasant, whether it's, Hey, go pick up your room. Hey, come help me with the dishes. Hey, it's time to do your math homework. You know, Hey, let's go serve at church and let's go be a volunteer. You know, whatever it is, that pathway is like, mm -mm, there's no pleasure in that. You know, I'm out because I'm used to this dope constant dopamine drip. So all these things you can imagine in a future relationship and a marriage as a mom, if they're used to this dopamine drip, man, you've taking care of a kid, that's not
0: really a constant dopamine drip. <laughs> yeah.
1: So they, it really does have great ramifications for how their life's going to be.
0: Right. And with these kids who have been so used to playing games and, or being on screen, how can we help families to reset? Is it yes. too late? It's for them not to reset? too late. It's not too late. And the earlier,
1: you know, the younger your child is, the easier this is going to be right? So if you have to wrestle down a three-year-old, that's going to be a lot easier than a 13-year-old. So the Mm you start, the better because they have a greater chance to learn these new habits, but it's never too late. Mm -hmm. You might have an 18-year-old, you might have a 15-year-old and be listening and be like, Oh man, why didn't someone tell me this 10 years ago? But it still can be, you know, Hey, I was listening to this podcast. I got a little bit more information. And I just understand that you need nine to 11 hours of sleep every night. That you're just going to do a lot better in your life if you have nine to eleven hours of sleep every night. So I'm really sorry because I've let you sleep in your room with your device, and so we're going to start collecting that because we want you to get a good night's sleep. We know this doesn't make us like popular in your eyes, or you're not excited about this, but I love you, and I'm really sorry that we kind of dropped the ball. And so whenever you make that change, if you come in a spirit of humility, but but you're certain you're not going to be swayed, but you're humble about it, you're like, I blew it. I gave you this game. It's super violent. I should have. I I just what didn't want you to feel left out. But now that I'm looking at it, it's like, this. I don't want this. This is not healthy for you. So I'm going to take it away. So things like most likely you're the one who's paying for everything. It's very unlikely that it's your child that's paying for their phone bill and for their video game. So you have the right to do this and they're in your house. Mm -hmm. So don't feel like, well, it's theirs. It's not, they're not entitled. It's not a right for them to have a certain game or a phone or the latest iPhone. It's not a right. So you can apologize and and make changes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so don't feel like it's too late. It's Never too late. And the, the heart of it is you want to, to have a relationship with this right. child, with this teenager, and you want what's best. And if you won't st- lay down the law, there's no one else who will.
0: Right, exactly. And sometimes I always tell the people who's the parent here? Or sometimes my husband will have to remind me, who's the mom here? Exactly. It's like at this exact moment she is, but I'll get it back. I've been there. Now, what are some practical ways that we can help parents to set up digital boundaries for younger kids and for older kids? Yes.
1: Yeah. Make some decisions early. Mm -hmm. So sometimes right in the moment when they're saying, I want this. You're kind of like, uh, but if you will decide early. So I love always to say Bill Gates didn't give their kids phones until high school. So, you right. know, I, I'm serious. If that's okay for Bill Gates, I think right. he knew something about this. That's kind of a no brainer to me. Like for sure, not before high school and then start talking about it. Um, Steve Jobs, when he was selling everyone the iPad and Nick Bolton came into his house and said, "Oh, how are you kids like the iPad? He's like, oh, I don't let my kids use the iPad. So I think we need to get wise and yeah. to realize that, no, we we can delay these devices. So making that decision beforehand and even talking to your kids about it and telling them why mm-hmm. and helping them understand that and even saying what I just said, you know, hey, Bill Gates, you know, he can't, you can not show him who he is, show him how rich he is and tell him, you know, they did, they waited for high school and that's what we're going to do too. And, and when they have that expectation, then you're not running up again. So much of it is expectation. And so mm-hmm. if your kid understands, like, no matter what I say, I'm not getting a phone, then, you know, you're going to, so you, you need to position yourself in a way that you're going to win, that they know that they can't talk you into it, you know? Yeah. And so making some decisions beforehand, finding a support group, finding even just one or two like-minded families who read the book Screen Kids maybe together with you yeah. and they're in the matrix with you and then they understand. And so their child also does this, you know, their child is also that you're not the only, you know, you're not perceived as the only people on the face of the planet, you know? Who do <laughs> so finding that support group, because so many times I'll hear people just say, thank you. I've been doing it conservatively like this, but I've just felt like, am I doing this wrong? Am I messing up my children? And thank you for letting me know that, you know, and they're the basics of no screens at mealtime, like make that a time that's for conversation. Maybe try a digital Sabbath where one night a week that there's no screens and instead it's game night and just see how everybody does. You might do a day, a Sunday maybe that you say, Hey, we're just, if we do something online, we'll do it together. We'll watch a family movie together, but we're not Mm -hmm. just going to go off. On our own, and these are good ways to experiment. Whoever in your house is like, what? You know, could be your husband, could be you, could be right. a teenager, could be a two-year-old. You know, but whoever's like, no, I can't handle it. You know, then you'll know. Okay, you're the one that that we've got to watch the most closely. So those digital sabbaths, and then if you really have a kid who's addicted, like they cannot go a day without this. Like there are serious meltdowns in my home, and we do not function unless this child can hold this iPad. So if you're right feeling that if you're in that, then Dr. Victoria Dunkley, she does all this stuff on screen addiction and she suggests a four week digital detox. Mm. And of course that's going to be terrifying to (laughs) you week one, but week two, three, four, you're going to be like, oh my goodness, I have a new child. So if you will get yourself through week one, you'll realize, oh good, you're in there. I knew I had a kid in there. You know, so for some kids, it really is that detox that they cannot handle it.
0: Yeah. Now, what do you think about kids who Never get screen time, but if let's just say they go to somebody's house yeah. and the TV is turned on and mm-hmm. they were just like, oh, wow, screen time. <laughs> 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 this is what this is. And obviously you can't really say anything to the other person about, you know, um, the TV being on or just watching their kids, just being so enamored with screen. What do you do in that situation?
1: Yeah. For personally, I have always felt since we didn't have, you know, we didn't have streaming services when the kids were young and we didn't have those things. So when they went to someone's house, I felt like, Okay, that's fine. You know, it's (laughs) fine. Let them watch. I mean, let's have a good time now. But if we were, let's say, going to that person's house a lot, you know, like if it's every day after school, they're staying at that person's house, then I have to kind of rethink a little bit, like, what are they watching? How long are they watching? And you're right. You can't tell the other person. If anything, you can say, put it on you like, I'm sorry. I am like such the strict Neanderthal mom. Is there any way that we could, you know, my son said that they watched this, but truly so all I'm saying is you could try. Like you say, it's me. I am overly strict. I am so sorry. Is it possible when they're at the house that they only play this video game and not this, let's say mature video game, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Right. Mm -hmm. I think you can try that, but if it's, but, but if that doesn't happen, then it's up to you to think, okay, kind of weigh it. Is it is it better for me to say, oh, you know what, that influence I'm seeing is being really negative because you can also see it in your child, like if your child goes over and then all of a sudden they want to play Call of Duty all the time and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, my goodness, this is what happened to my child. Then you might think, OK, I guess we can't really go over there anymore. And I know that's hard and it sounds so harsh, but that's, that might be the best thing, yeah. you know, or it might be something where they're doing something, but it really doesn't affect them. They, they act the same. They're not asking for what they saw at the friend's house. So, so I feel like that's a bit of a case by case basis and just fall, you know, asking God to give you wisdom and, and to know what to do.
0: Yeah, that's great. Now we're almost at the end of the show, Arlene, but I would love to hear from you. Is there anything else that you would like to share with other gems of mothers out there?
1: You know, we made a little documentary during COVID called Screen Kids in Their Own Words. Mm -hmm. So if you're curious, like what do the kids really think about not having social media or not having video games? Was it hard for them to grow up? Was it, what did they learn? Was it worth it? You know, so you can look at that um, documentary and that's at happyhomeuniversity.com. And what I hope it will do is put Heart, hope in in the heart of a mom and in the heart of a dad to say you know what if we do it countercultural. Like we're going to reap a lot of benefits, mm. and they're not only for you to enjoy your kids, but for your kid to enjoy. Like have such a more full life because right. the screens can only. It's a very consuming life. Like you're just consuming things. It's comparative. You're always comparing, like your video game score or your social media or whatever. It's not this rich, abundant, joyful life, mm. right? So, so you're really giving your children a much better shot at life. If you right. will say, you know what, we're just, we're not going to do that.
0: Right. And you're probably building up more extroverts who are more bold in your communication rather than yes. just um, yes. cocooning themselves right. Right. In, in their own heads. Right. Yeah. You could just think of
1: like a upper elementary school, junior, higher, high schooler, and you tell them, go pay for that yourself. Like in the store, and they're like, oh, I can't go there myself. You like you go with me, mom. You know, it's just like they need to learn like real world skills. That's for sure,
0: right? Well, Aline, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate you sharing all the different gem nuggets that you have regarding screen time and all the struggles that families face and how we can overcome it and reset. So, thank you once more. Thank you, Sharon. It was great to be with you. Absolutely. You too. Now, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Gems of Motherhood podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more amazing Gems of Mothers and more resources, head over to gemsofmotherhood.com where you can subscribe to the show. That's where you'll find show notes with actionable tips and any links mentioned by our guest. Most importantly, I hope you'll find inspiration and learn to cultivate your own journey. You are loved. You're an incredible gem to God. He knows you intimately. He knows what you're going through and he knows what you need. Remember, you're fearfully and wonderfully made in him. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode.